and the way it was running just did not look like any human. Immediately, it felt like someone was watching. Something was watching. We seen some eyes which were glowing a bright red. Welcome everyone. You're listening to this Sasquatch show brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, uh, my name is Dan and I'm here to share my my experience with you about uh, a Bigfoot encounter that I had in northern Michigan. It's uh, Lower Peninsula, uh, northeast corner, about 15 miles west of Lake Huron. Um, my family had a cabin that was in the family since the 1800s. Not the cabin itself, but the property. Uh, my great-grandmother was a school teacher, and she bought the piece of property from a millionaire back in the day. And when he died, he left all the rest of the property to the state and national forest. So the property was pretty much landlocked by state and national forest. There wasn't any other houses around. Uh, the 1930s, my uncle built a cabin there. And it, you had to take a two-track to get to it. And uh, family hunted, hunted and, and vacationed there for years. Uh, the property was beautiful. It had uh, it was 40 acres. It had a... Spring-fed creek that ran through it that you could drink out of. It was abundant with the brook trout. Plenty of deer in the area, plenty of beaver, plenty of bear, lots of small game. Well, this particular time I was up there by myself, and it was in October in the late 80s, and I went up to go bow hunting. And I got up really early, like 4 a.m., had some breakfast got dressed, put on my camo, and I walked out the front door right around 5 a.m. I wanted to get out to my blind before the sun came up. And uh, so I grabbed all my stuff, and I walked out the front door, and I started to walk around to the cabin because the blind was behind the cabin probably about a quarter mile. And <clears throat> made it right around the corner, and I'm standing between the cabin and the creek at this point. And I heard the most god-awful scream that I ever heard in my life. And it just froze me in my tracks. Completely froze me in my tracks. And I could not wrap my head around what that was. Um, but it was so loud. It resonated through my, my ribs, my chest. I can only compare it to like standing in front of a, a fire truck. You know, with the sirens going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically... I backed up real slow, got back in the cabin, bolted the door, and I sat down with my 44 Magnum, and I waited for the sun to come up. And that was pretty much the first experience I had. Could could, could you describe the scream? Like, did it sound like a, like a woman screaming almost, or or was it like? Yes, yeah. it sounded like a woman being brutally attacked. Uh, and it was it, it was just the whole. It was actually more of the. Uh, Oh, what's what I'm looking for? Just the sound. I mean, how it re you know how it went through through my body. I've never heard anything that loud. Um, but it did sound like a woman. So I just went back in. Didn't didn't bow hunt the rest of the trip. 
didn't didn't know what it was. Wasn't thinking Bigfoot at the time because I really never even thought crossed my mind in my whole life that there might be Bigfoot in that area. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Later on that week, I was driving into. I had left the cabin to drive into town, and I got about a mile and a half from the cabin. That's where the next closest house is, and it was an empty farmhouse and it was abandoned. The sun was behind me. It was getting ready for sunset. And I was looking through my rearview mirror. After I passed the house, I saw something come out of the ditch on two legs. And I could see the hair hanging off of it. I was probably a couple hundred yards down the road, but I could see that it was big and hairy. And I gauged its knees were as high as the mailbox. And it just strolled across the road and went right back into the woods. So that was... That was the second encounter, and that was my last encounter. Could could you describe how? What did its body look like? And, and like, like, could you give us a, like an idea of how high it was, like, or sorry, how how tall it was, and and like its muscle, like, did, did, was it moving in any different ways or anything like that? It was moving like gliding almost. It was kind of like a very fluid motion. Um, you know, just kind of like strolling, but much different gait than people. Um, and the only way I can tell you how tall it was is by telling you that it was right by the mailbox and its knees were as high as the mailbox. So it's, I, I'm guessing it's got to be seven, eight feet tall at least. But it was, it was huge. And, and what about what color it was? Like, was it brown? Was it black? Was it? It, it was reddish brown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I didn't, I was in denial of this for years. Okay, because I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And it wasn't until maybe 15 years ago that I really started thinking, you know, I think I, I think I had an encounter, you know, with a, with a Sasquatch. And I started listening. I since moved from Michigan to North Carolina. But I started listening to animal sounds, animal screams from animals in that area, in the state of Michigan. Because, you know, all my friends were like, oh, it's probably a screech owl. Oh, it was probably a bobcat. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Didn't sound anything like any of those. It sounded like a human being screaming that loud. But, I mean, there probably wasn't another person within five miles of me. You know, especially at that time of the morning, 5 a.m. Yeah, that's a little, uh, that's a, I, I've, heard the, I've heard the scream myself as well, so I, I, under, I completely understand. And, you know, your brain kind of tries to justify and, and make sense of what you're hearing. And, you know, not until you factor in Sasquatch or, or a Bigfoot, and it really didn't make sense up until, you know, oh, okay, now I, I understand what that was. Well, yeah, and I've read other people's accounts, too, where they've said the scream was like that. Um, now, I did contact a Bigfoot research organization in Michigan. It's not BFRO, but it was another group of guys. And I talked to this fellow. I couldn't tell you his name right now. I don't remember. Uh, he was a retired homicide detective. And he worked, you know, he, he works on cases when people call in, he'll go investigate and stuff. So I told him about it. He went down there and checked out the area. Uh, and he called me back a couple months later. And the area is the way it's set up. It's just kind of perfect, you know. You got a everything a, a creature would, would need to survive. You know, fresh water, plenty of cover. There's a cornfield probably as the crow flies, maybe about a mile and a half away. It's just the back of a huge farm. 
Um, but he told me when he called me back, he says, you know, I, I could definitely believe that, that there's one in that area. And he also said that uh, just his opinion, he didn't know for sure, but he said, you know, it almost sounds like he's scared of a female that was maybe down at that creek with the, with the young one. And maybe she was just uh, letting her, you know, male know that, hey, I got problems over here. <laughs> and that was just his opinion. Yeah, that could have been, yeah. But, but yeah, it's really about all I can tell you other than, I'm, you know, it's gone from a fear to a fascination. Um, if you've had that experience as well, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And, oh, absolutely. Um, That's actually why I started the whole, the whole, how I got into the whole Bigfoot thing was... Uh, it was just a matter of, that's why I started the podcast, as a matter of fact. It just, I, we had a sighting a few years ago, and it kind of just lit a fire in me that I can't seem to extinguish, so <laughs> here I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of ridicule over the years, and it, it comes with the territory. But, you know, you just got to remember, I know what I saw. I know what I heard. Yeah, and I, I totally yeah. understand that as well. I mean, I, I still get my fair share of, you know, chuckling behind my back type of thing, even though... You know, there, there's thousands and thousands of accounts of people having sightings and encounters with these creatures, but you know, for some reason, they're just not they're not taken seriously in, in the mainstream media and, and scientific world, for that matter. Um, I wanted to ask, yeah, what, what, did you believe in Bigfoot beforehand, like before you saw all this and before your before your encounters? I I really never thought about it that much. You know, I mean, I figured if there was one. It was over your neck of the woods instead of my neck of the woods. I didn't, you know, nobody had ever said anything to me about, you know, them being in Michigan. But, uh, you know, I did get out of the website and look to see how many reportings there are. There's just in that area alone where I was, there's been like three or four documented reports from people. So, yeah, they're obviously there. And I talked to a friend of mine at work about it years later and he was the uh, Marine Corps machine gunner on a chopper in Vietnam a pretty straightforward guy you're not much of a, a jokester and he was talking about Bigfoot and I just said hey I said uh, Ron did you ever see one and he says yeah I did and I said really where and he told me the name of the town and him and his buddy were up there uh, rifle hunting and they were behind a cemetery and they saw one in the woods and he said they sat there and watched it for 15 minutes oh that's a that's a that's a long encounter generally they're just a few seconds but yeah that's quite the yeah i don't think i don't think i could handle 15 minutes unless <laughs> i was uh unless you're in, in a helicopter well of a yeah yeah so you mentioned that it became kind of a fascination for you after you had your encounters um you know, has it changed you in any other way? Have you actually tried to go out and do some research on your own, or have you gone out into the field and actually looked for prints or anything like that? Um, well, unfortunately for me, my health's not as good as it used to be, so um, I would like to. You know, I've even uh, read where there's encounters here in North Carolina, uh, especially over near the, you know, the mountains, mountain areas. Um. So I'd like to get like a four-wheeler, just cruise around a little bit, and maybe camp out or something, see if anything happens. But um, your neck of the woods is probably the best place to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they are quite populate, populated here. But I, I've been hearing since I've been since I've done the podcast, I, I've 
I've heard encounters from all over North America. <laughs> yes, they get right from Florida, right to British Columbia. So they're they're everywhere, and they're just maybe I think they're more heavily populated in certain areas where they're it's more accessible for hiding spots and food and, and whatnot. So. Uh, so that area up there, uh, people don't know this about Michigan. When they think about Michigan, they think about Detroit and, you know, uh, building cars and all that stuff there and, 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 you know, big cities and stuff. But you get north, 100 miles north of Detroit, Michigan's pretty much a vast forested uh, state. You know, there's thousands and thousands and square miles of uh, national forest, not just in the lower peninsula, but the upper peninsula as well. So there's all kinds of places for them to live. Yeah, that's definitely never true. Be seen. Yeah, that's definitely true. I've had a couple of people talk. I've talked to a few people from Michigan, and it's always the northern part. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine one being down around the city too much. <laughs> <laughs> Up there by the cabin at the time, I'm sure that was a prime area for them. I wanted to ask you, actually, now that you brought up the the cabin, was there any response to the scream, or was it just one solitary scream, and that was that was it? It was a solitary scream, and it just it seemed like it lasted forever, man. I mean, that just lasted forever, and it just uh, like I said, I went back into the cabin, and it was a cedar cabin. It was pretty thick. Um, if something did respond, I didn't hear it, you know, unless it was just trying to warn me off maybe it was by himself or something i don't know yeah actually that was my my next question i was going to ask do you think it was just trying to get rid of you yeah, they, they they tend to use and this is my own theory but they tend to use scare tactics tactics as a um a defense mechanism if they don't want you around they're going to try to scare you so you leave and I, well you know what it works <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does yeah it definitely does yeah, i had I'm, my own encounter with that one and yeah it, it definitely works i, I was not going to stick around to 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 see what Did would happen next. No, they stayed in the tree line. I, I wasn't were that loud though. Oh yeah, I wasn't going to turn around to look anyway. I, I, there was something in my brain that was saying, "Don't turn around. Don't turn around. You're not going to like what you see." That's right. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way I was. I just did not want to see. You know, I mean, my brain was like, "What is that? What is that?" But my, you know, the other part of my brain is like, "Don't worry about it. Just get in the cabin. You know, lock the door and get your gun." <laughs> That was a good plan. That was a definitely a good plan. And, and with but, the one, you know, at the same time, when I saw the one down the street walking across the street, that was the same week. I don't know if it was the same creature. You know, who knows? But uh, oh wow, was 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 I it did. in the general area? Same general area? Yeah. Oh, same general area. That was only maybe a mile and a half to maybe a mile and a half, two miles from the cabin. Oh wow! So the cabin know. went down this dirt road, and it turned into a two track. And certain times of the year, like in the springtime, when it's thawing out, you can't even really get back there without a four-wheeler. And uh, that's where the cabin is. And then you drive out, and I hit the main, I hit the paved part of the road, which is about a mile and a half away. And there's a farmer's field, and there there was a house, and the house was abandoned. It was an old farmer's house. That's where the mailbox was when he came up out of the ditch. He came out of that field. Did so. it did it notice you? Like, did it make any eye contact with you, or did it just keep just keep trucking. No. I stopped the car and I was watching it through my rearview mirror and it just strolled across the road like it had, you know, not a care in the world. <laughs> huh. So I don't know if it even noticed me, truthfully. He might have. He just said, what's he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I think I, I don't think it was anticipating you stopping the car and, and seeing it walk across, you know, behind you, so to speak, right? And I don't, I don't think it was kind of ready for that, but. 
I hear that quite a bit, you know, and then actually I've had people tell me like when I go actually go into the woods to not only have a dash cam in front, but one in back because they like to, to wait until a car passes before they, before they start crossing the road. So eh, word of advice. I was, when he walked, walked across the road, I was, he probably figured I wasn't even going to slow down. Yeah. And I just happened to look at my rearview mirror and I saw him, you know, I wasn't looking, wasn't thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. And it, at that it, point. I was trying to forget about what happened the other, you know, a few days earlier. <laughs> Have you been back to that area at all? Uh, my dad sold the place back in 2002. I actually lived there for two years before he sold it by myself, and I never went out there at night. Um, never had another encounter there. But we had a big old black bear that was living on the property. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. I, I can't imagine they were afraid of bears. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, did it affect you in 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 kind of a, a well? In what way did it really affect you? I mean, it sounds like you like you kind of had some apprehension about going in, back into those that same area. Is that the case? Um, I don't think I'd want to do it alone. Um, if I had a couple guys with me, or even a a dog, I used to hunt dogs. Um, I had uh, bird dogs, and you know I often wonder if they ever had an encounter with one. If they, if they couldn't tell me, but <laughs> you know I, I don't think when you're out there bird hunting. I don't know if you've ever bird hunted with a dog before, but you usually have a a collar on that beeps so you can hear where they're at and if they're moving or stopped. And and we make enough noise where I'm pretty sure the Bigfoot's here is coming a mile away. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think they really know, you know, whenever people are in their area in general, I mean, I tend to think of it this way, like you would know if somebody else is in your house. Right. So <laughs> I think that's kind of how they, yeah, you know. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, I haven't, it affected me. I never bow hunted again. Um, and I never went into the woods when it was dark, you know, and that's just, that's why. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's I did. I just, you know, I thought, okay, I might have got really lucky this time. You know, if I'd have walked snack dab into that thing, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, yeah. And, and if it if it was indeed the same same Sasquatch that that did the screaming and you you spotted crossing the road, um, then odds are he's probably still around there. But if it was two different ones, then you, know, you might have had a little clan in the area that you were at. So, yeah, just use some right. caution. Yeah, I've had some. Uh, I've asked a few of my friends that live there in that area if they've ever had experiences with it. And they've been there our whole life. And they just laugh at me. Nah, there ain't no bigfoot here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody's a non-believer until they actually see one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even my uh, even my wife, she snickers at me. I think. She, she wants to believe me, I think, but I think she's just hard for her to wrap her head around it too. Oh, yeah, you know what? I, I completely understand. I, I, I become quite obsessed with Sasquatch, and, and every time I kind of go on a, a little Sasquatch, you know, rant, you know, my wife just kind of politely nods her head and rolls her eyes and, and does the whole rigmarole. But yeah, you know what? It's not for her. Yeah. Then. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we know what we saw. We know what we heard. Exactly. And... Exactly. Well, what do you think it was? Like oh. exactly, and I'm not trying to steal a question from another podcast, but you know, I always like to find out what people do think the Sasquatch is. 
I think it is, this is just my opinion, I have no science to back me up or just from what I've read and the different things I've studied on about it, I think it's Gigantopithecus or a close descendant. Yeah. I truly believe that. I think they came across the Bering Straits and they just disappeared into the woods because the, the natives up there in your neck of the woods and, and a lot of other places, you know, they talk about, you know, the wild man, the forest man, you know, and I, I truly believe that. I think they're just very good at being elusive, just like those gorillas that they took 30 years to find that people said didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, and the First Nations people up here, like Sasquatch and Bigfoot, it's a huge part of the culture. Very, very, like a big, big part of the culture. You'll see them in totem poles and and, and carvings and cave drawings and such. So so the peoples that were here before, you know, European settlers came, already knew that they were already there. So it's just a matter of time. I I do believe it's just going to be a matter of time before they actually um, are recognized within the mainstream scientific community as, you know, a living, breathing creature that's living in the woods. Well, they have found DNA that they couldn't quite explain. It wasn't wasn't human, but it wasn't completely chimpanzee. You know, it was uh, closer related to us than chimps, like 1% closer. Yeah. And I've I've seen that on a few shows. And one of the things that really convinced me, too, um, you know, I started watching documentaries, and I don't like to watch this, you know, the silly ones like where they're walking through the woods, banging trees and stuff. I don't think that's going to do anything, make a bunch of noise. But uh, there was one show. I think it was. I'm not sure if it was National Geographic sponsored it, or it was one of the more serious, you know, channels. And um, <clears throat> they were give, talking to people about their experiences, and then they would give them a lie detector test afterwards. And the one that really convinced me the most was there's these two guys probably in their 60s fishing in a river in Alaska. And they said they saw a grizzly bear walk up to the edge of the water. So they, you know, they stopped fishing and were watching the grizzly bear. And they said all the thing, all of a sudden the thing stood up on its hind legs and started sniffing the air and then dropped down on all fours and, and hauled, hauled it out of there. And they said, like, less than a minute later, they saw, like, a 10-foot Sasquatch walk up to the that same spot. Oh, wow. And they actually passed their – the guy says, well, I can't tell you – the lie detector guy says, well, I can't tell you if, they're, if they saw a Sasquatch, but they believe they did. They believe what they're saying. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, and – Grizzly bears – Yeah, grizzly bears don't don't stand up and walk away like, like that. <laughs> No. If they do, then you no. can like they're they're very clumsy when they're walking on their back legs, and I think people would know the difference between the two, at least in my own opinion. But I, well, and grizzly for a grizzly bear to be afraid of that thing, it has to be, you know, definite king of the jungle. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Well, Dan, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I hope. Um, uh, I hope. Spread a little bit of insight out there. Just keep believing, man. That's right. That's right, man. <laughs> Thank you so All much right. for taking your time, well, taking the time today, and I, I really do appreciate you coming on. And uh, uh, keep if you uh, if you have any more encounters, or anything, let me know. I will do it. Okay. And for the listeners, just hang around. We'll be right back. Stay there. 
Hello, I'm Eugene here, and uh, I moved to Kelowna about three years ago, and I used to live up north in uh, Morristown, a little village uh, west of Smithers, and uh, the counter I had was uh, with my cousin and his son-in-law. We were mushroom picking up behind uh, Morristown. About, I'd say about two kilometers off the reserve and about three kilometers behind the water plant which they used to have there were prime mushroom picking area. And as we were walking around and, uh, you know, searching for my pine mushrooms, then all of a sudden, you know, we lost contact with each other. So this was pretty well half a day then uh, I started looking around then as I was uh, searching for mushrooms under a tree I found a patch I started digging it up next thing I was I, I felt funny something watching me and I felt this god-awful smell that came about as the wind blew through the trees there I sat there and Right away, I looked around, see if there was a, any moose carcass because that's prime grizzly country, bear, black bear. And uh, I said to her, oh, no, he said, am I near a kill or something? So I decided to look around. And as I glanced over my left shoulder, I seen first was a shadow. Then, uh, then I turned back and it, well, first I sat there after when I seen that smell, that god-awful smell. I thought it was my cousins and that. Then I turned around and there, I'd say probably about 20 yards, looking behind that big old hemlock tree. Uh, I was, I swear to God, I saw Bigfoot staring down at me. And uh, yeah, like dark dark hair, his face was covered, and all he just did is peeking around the tree, and right away I stopped, froze, and I was, like, I was literally scared. I said, holy cow, this isn't right. And uh, I started glancing around, see if anyone's around, knowing how my one cousin and his son-in-law were way on the other side of the hill. So I sat there, okay. I slowly got up, and uh, as I looked back, it was gone. And, uh, yeah, it's like, well, there's covered moss all over the place, so couldn't hear steps, but, yeah, it's like he vanished. You could see, it was like a golf course where you have a few trees scattered amongst, and you could look for miles. And it's like he just vanished into thin air. And that was the encounter that I had in, I believe it was, 93. Did, uh, it, did it do anything else besides, do you think it was just being curious as it watched you pick mushrooms? Or did it do anything else? Did it give you, like, any facial expressions such as, you know, you know did it look mad, I guess is what I'm trying to ask? 
No, no, like I swear to God, we made eye contact, and like he, like he was just like probably curious what the hell I was too, eh? and being a little, little person smaller than him, it's like what is he doing, eh? Like is he eating something? And like I, I believe he was more curious than ever, but I was scared out of my wits. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. As as a First Nations man and like myself, um, you know, Sasquatch is definitely part of our culture. Um, like, in, and I'm I'm sure you've heard of Sasquatch before. You know, you actually had your sighting. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was it like? You you, you mentioned that it was very very shocking to kind of lay your eyes on on one, for instance. Did it did it did it calm you down a little bit? You know, after your encounter finished, knowing that you know this was you finally seen what what the the old ones were talking about you know for centuries yeah yeah you know everyone some people have tales of uh them attacking people as far as i know when i was growing up they they talked about this one incident down in stewart british columbia that it actually it actually took a girl from that part of the area and like took her and I don't know if it's a folk tale or something but yeah you know you they perceived them as violent beasts you know just attack attack but this one just was I'm pretty sure he was just curious looking at me and as I say when we made eye contact and uh, yeah I sat there and, oh and his eyes, like there was, how, the more I can say it, it was like a gorilla's eyes. It was like, it was just dark. And his, uh, his head, his, his facial features was his eyebrows, he's kind of like a, like an Neanderthal. It had a bony structure over its eyes and, yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And did you tell your cousins about about what happened, or did you kind of keep it to yourself for a little while? Well, do you all over? I told them like as we were going down the road, eh? And it started raining, and I told them, you know what? You guys ain't gonna believe what next you should what. And uh, yeah, like first I was kind of skeptical on telling them because you know everyone that tells a story whether it's Bigfoot, UFOs, they all think of them as crazy. But I sat there, I told them, yeah, I, I thought it was you guys, I thought it was you behind me. So I said, what do you guys, shit yourselves, you scared? So, uh, so I, when I look back, I said, I saw this big, big, Bigfoot. They said, what? He says, yeah, yeah, I saw Bigfoot. And like they were in disbelief, eh? and they kept on questioning me all the way back. And how oh, you know it was Bigfoot? Well, one thing, it smelt, you know, a real, like, uh, it wasn't exactly like a corpse smell, but it, it was a foul smell that stuck in your palate for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and I've heard that many, many times from a lot of different people when it comes to the smell that they that they give off. 
Yeah. Why do you, why do you think that they do give off that smell? I think it's just uh, like any animal, you you know, they're territorial, possibly, and that's a scent that they leave behind, like marking out their territories. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. That's definitely a possibility. Because that's what, uh, like, I asked my grandmother about that when I was real young, and she looked at me and and she said, you old man of the forest. And what? He said, hey, old man of the forest, you be careful, they can take you. And uh, my, my grandmother hardly spoke English, was broken English. So she spoke our native tongue and a little bit of non-native. Mm, okay. And as for the creature itself, could you describe it? Like, how tall was it? You know, what was it? What was the color of its hair, or it was you know? Did you happen to get catch a glance of you know it, its muscle structure, anything like that? It was a brute, like you could honestly say he was a a bodybuilder. Way his structure was, like you could see his shoulders, even under the fur, eh? And his arms, especially his arms, were size of like a a young poplar tree. He was huge, and yeah, and his hands were, as I say, they, he almost looked like an ape, or yeah, an ape hand, and his facial always almost looked like a gorilla, but not not so prominent on the mouth part, a little shorter, kind of like a a stout. Oh, I got you. Yeah, and yeah, like it, and. uh his hair was pretty, pretty coarse. It's almost like uh, the way I can s- describe it. It almost looked like muskox hair. Hmm. I, you know what? I've never heard anyone describe it like that. But now that you've said that, I'm, the image in my head kind of that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because uh, when we were young, we took a ride. We had a vacation down in Penticton Game Farm when they used to have it, and we I saw the muskox for the very first time there, and we were looking at his hair and and that's not where I'm getting it, but yeah, but that's exactly how his hair looked like. It's exactly like a muskox. Yeah, like it kind of just hung down almost. It was so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it was dark, kind of like a darkest, little bit of a light black. And his eyes, like I said, he looked like an ape with his uh, eyebrows, kind of like a bone sticking out, like like an Neanderthal. You look at uh, old pictures of an Neanderthal caveman. They got their uh, bone structure of his, their, it's kind of like bulging over the eyebrow yeah. around that area, right around the whole face. Yeah. And you, this is not the only time that you've had an encounter with one of these creatures, is it? No, no. Would you mind telling I, us, sharing with us, you know, the, your other encounter that, that's happened with you? Well, I, I used to work at the mill in Morristown. A finger joint operation, and uh, 
I wasn't feeling sick from the get-go. We started at 12 o'clock in the a.m. till 8, 8 a.m. And as night progressed and, you know, I sat there getting nauseous more often and I told my supervisor, hey, man, he says, I got to go home, man. He says, I'm not feeling it. He says, I'm getting worse by the hour. So he says, well, he says, you can go home, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't drive you home because uh, I got to take care of these crew. And he says, no worries, no worries. And he says, I'll walk home. So I proceeded to walk through, down, uh, I guess the middle is probably a quarter mile out of the village. So then you hit smack dab in a village and you go on Highway 16. Down the Highway 16, there's a, a shortcut kind of deal. So I just walked the highway and uh, pretty well halfway mark, like, uh, all the dogs, as you know, every reserve dogs barking all night, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden, I, I understand. Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden, I heard this god awful scream. Like, there's no elk around here that make a trumpet like that, and it literally it screams loud, and all you could hear is a banging, like a huge bang. Next year I sat there, and that scream will make your head, your no, hair on your neck stand up. That's how freaking it, it freaked me out. And I sat there, and, oh, my God, he said, what? Then all the dogs stopped barking, and they just kept quiet, and I, I just kept on walking. And where I lived is exactly, it's it's uh, by the tracks, and many times that's where the water plant is is right behind the house I used to rent and I sat there and I was walking home and I was thinking what the heck was that he says there's no moose or deer cries like that and next you know I sat there and on my way home I sat there and oh my god he says I'm gonna walk home and that's where the freaking sounds coming from <laughs> Could could you were able were you able to gauge that kind of like how far off in the distance the scream was or was it fairly close? It was I'd say uh, less than a quarter mile, but it was loud. Like I say, all the res dogs were barking that night, and all of a sudden, as soon as that scream happened, every one of them shut the hell up. It was quiet, and I I sat there. Oh, God, what is this? But yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Bigfoot because was there's actually... no other explanation for that kind of scream at 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, and I was actually going to ask you about that. Um, you, you, you kind of knew what was making that noise, you know, as it was happening, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you ever heard the sound? before that or, or since then no no um the only time i really heard it was i'd say about less than three years ago when there's a pre they had hunting for bigfoot and they said the scream and the guy trying to imitate the scream and they next day i said holy cow 
that's what the hell I heard that night. And like, and also that banging. It was them, like after he screamed over the banging, they always make noise with hitting a tree. Yeah, with the wood and knocks? I, yeah. Yeah, I sat there, oh my God, that was Bigfoot I heard. So I bet you, you, uh, your, your walk kind of got a little faster <laughs> as you went on, right? Yeah, well, I I was in point of no return. I was halfway home and halfway to my other cousin's place where I usually crash out at times when I don't feel like walking home. And I said to her, yeah, I think I'm just going to go take my chances and go home. <laughs> yeah. So... So I, I know that, you know, as a First Nations man, you know, you, you had some kind of previous knowledge even before your sighting um, with Sasquatch. But, you know, how did that, how did you actually seeing it? How did it actually change you? Did it, did it affect you in any way? Like, what was it, was it eye-opening or was it just, did it affect you in, in emotionally in any way? Well, I know for a fact that, you know, when, once you're in a bush, and you got the sixth sense that something's watching you. You know, you you know, you gotta take a really good look around, you know. It ain't always eye level, you gotta look up where as I say, some of these guys are tall, like this one was at least twelve feet tall. Holy smokes. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like I sat there like I was oh my goodness. Over like after he left, and and I took a look. I sat there, and I was certain that he was gone. So I went where the tree he was, and I stood up right beside it. And oh my God, that's like five feet taller than I am. What the heck? How long did it take you to actually come? You know, come, come, kind of come to, to grips with what just happened. Did it take a few minutes? Did you have to take a couple of big, deep breaths? Or, or, or did you just, you know, book it out of there and you just, it was time to go? The last thing I wanted to do was run. I Because like anything else, you know, I don't know if it's a predator or anything. Like if it wanted me to for supper or something. So I just stood there and like, okay. Okay, I'm seeing what I'm seeing, and uh, this is kind of freaky. And I just stayed calm, and but it, my heart was right, right up my throat, and I was shaking. And I sat there, I ain't, I'm seeing what I'm seeing. It isn't true, holy cow, it is true. And all these thoughts were running through my head, eh? Like, uh, yeah, they, what's going to happen if I run? Is he going to take two steps and grab me and pound me against the tree or something? Or I don't know. It's all up in the air. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's hard to say in those kinds of situations because no one really knows, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, from the sounds of it, from what, what you, you've shared with me today, is it, it was more than likely just curious to see what you were doing. And I, I think if they, it was being... Um, uh, if, if it wanted to take you, it could have quite easily without you even having much of a struggle against it. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think he was just checking you out and seeing what you're doing. I, I, I think the smell was kind of one of those things that kind of made you uh, 
uh, it was kind of a forewarning saying, you know, maybe you should get out of here. And you know, yeah, it, definitely. It, just from the sounds of what you've you've shared with me, so yeah, I, I could be totally way off, but. <laughs> Yeah, because every time it's like a real funky odor, like I say, it sticks in your palate for a while. And I sat there, like, uh, you know, you see animals dead in the bush. It wasn't like that, you know, that dead animal smell. But this one was like a different, a real musky, musky smell. Yeah, that's it's one thing I've never experienced in in doing at least my own research is, is is a smell. I've never noticed a smell. Neither of my my work, my research buddies or anything like that. It's one thing I kind of want to see that, and I want to I want to see a Sasquatch crawling on all fours. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can wait for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But this was standing. He was standing, and he was bipedal. Eh? Yeah. So. And you also have an, another encounter that you want to share with us. Is that right? Yes, I do. And it's the same uh, same village that, that we lived in. We were the only houses up in between Morristown and Two Mile, which is actually, you know, two miles away from. So we were in between. And, uh, yeah, and my sister's. They can. They would tell you the story too. We were young. We were running around picking blueberries while our mom went to town and that. Dad went shopping, and we were, you know, we were picking blueberries. And then all of a sudden we heard this bush cracking, and we sat there. And we were like young kids. We were playing around. Had our bowls picking blueberries alongside the road and inside the bush. Then the same thing, same thing, exactly what happened. As I told you in the first story, this, this smell came around. And that, that's all we, we all smelt is that we all smelt and we all looked at each other. What is that? What is that? Next day, all of a sudden we heard, down there, there's little poplar trees, eh? So I guess it was trying to squeeze in between the poplar trees, and you could hear some of them snapping. And we all sat there. We all dropped our bowls. My sister, there was five of us, and we ran like hell back to the house, and we told our sister, our oldest sister at home, he said there, hey, 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 go, go, go over. We saw something. It was inside the trees. And over my sister's was the one that saw it first. And she said it was a man dressed, a man dressed in fur. And she sat there, and, yeah, and that's where that smell was coming from. And, yeah, that was... I was, I believe I was six years old at that time. And my sisters were from uh, two years, two years apart and five years apart. And they can tell you that story, same story that when we're together, we talk about. And he says, yeah, that was the freakiest time. We wonder what it was. And I told him, you know, 
that could have been our first Bigfoot sighting ever. Yeah, from the sounds of it, I, I think that that's exactly what it was. Yeah, around that area, like not all at once, but people have seen in that air vicinity, as they say, Bigfoot. And if they tell someone, people think they're crazy. You know, oh, uh, you must have been hungover, uh, seeing things, all that crap. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 gets thrown around quite a bit too. When when people have sightings, you know, or you must have been under the influence, or you know, what were you smoking, all that. You know, you know, you know the typical stuff that gets said when people, you know, claim to see this, claim to have seen this creature. And and for the most part, a lot of people aren't taken seriously, and especially children, because children can be so easily influenced into you know thinking, okay you didn't see a monster that was something else and it, it had to have been something else. So, you know, in, in your childish brain, you know, you, you, you believe the adult because of course they, they're supposed to know better, but from the sounds of it, oh yeah, you guys had a run in with, with, uh, with, uh, with one of the big guys. So. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I, like, as I say, well, when we get together or something and we all reminisce about stories, funny stories mixing the weird stories and that will always come up eh? he says hey you guys remember bigfoot we i'd say that and he said oh my god he says i know you'd bring it up he says yeah because <laughs> you saw it and you told us and we ran like hell back home <laughs> <laughs> and of course we dropped the bowls and my mom got mad at us because, yeah, we lost some bowls in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> but did you tell her about the monster in the woods? Uh, yeah, we didn't. She's like a grown-up, you know, she sat there. Jay, what's your gosh, you took over? Could have took you. What the heck's wrong with you guys? You guys <laughs> don't go too far from the house. And we were like, uh, I'd say, three quarters of a mile away from the our house so we were in between our house and two mile oh okay i got you i got you yeah so you you've been in like you've had you know encounters with sasquatch pretty much your whole life then if i'm doing the math properly here right oh yes indeed yes indeed well let me ask you this before i let you go eugene um do you consider yourself you know, lucky or, or unlucky that you've had these encounters that have happened to you? I think I'm lucky because every encounter that I've had has been quite tame, you know. It's not, it wasn't perceived as a savage beast who will grab you and, you know, kill you right there. It was more of him, like, we were talking about being curious, and I've, that's like when people say, oh, Bigfoot, he, he destroyed this, he killed, he killed a person, like, no, no, it's not, it, far as I know, with my encounters, it hasn't been like that, he ain't a savage beast that, like a gorilla pounds his chest and attacks you. Yeah, yeah, and... You know what, in, in all honesty, to break down a wall for, for you and, and the listeners, for that matter, um, I don't get a lot of stories where 
there's a lot of aggression from these creatures. And as a matter of fact, I get more, more stories of, of these creatures being just genuine, genuinely curious about what you're doing and who, who people are and stuff and just the avoidance of, of people in general. So I, I'm not buying the whole, you know, these are, these are bloodthirsty, you know, monsters that live in the woods and will, will steal your children at the first opportunity they get. I, I just don't believe it. I'm, I'm just not buying it unless I'm, I'm not hearing from the right people. I, I don't know, but I, I just don't think that that's the case. I, I don't think these creatures are as violent as they're made out to be, like in the media. Yeah, definitely same here. Like when I hear stories like that, I say, eh, that person is making it up, you know. Yeah, and and, and you know, and not to dis, you know, to uh, disclaim anybody from you know what what's they've encountered, but. A lot of the times when, when you come across these creatures, and it happened to me as well, is you don't know how to make, what to make out of it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't know how to, how to, your brain's trying to really, really trying hard to process what it is exactly you're looking at. And, yeah, you know, and the fear kicks in and the chemicals in your brain start kicking in and then it could be turned into something it might not be. But then again, you know what, I, I, I have heard other stories from other podcasts and other shows where these creatures have been quite violent and aggressive, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just, I haven't heard many. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Eugene, this was fun. I want to say thank you for coming on. I, I really do appreciate it. You, you taking the time tonight to, to, to speak to us. Uh, no worries, you know. You know, as you say, people need to know that this ain't no hocus pocus. You know, there is something out there. And only because we can't see it. Or everyone saying, well, if the army can find uh, user night scopes and uh, heat-seeking things, they could find them. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they want to be found, they would, they'll find you instead. Yeah, and and I've heard that from, from uh, some of the elders in the area that I live at. Is if they, Sasquatch, you don't see them. They, they see you. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you're if you're blessed, and I use that word very very aggressively, is if you're blessed enough to have a, actually have an encounter with one of these creatures, it should be treasured and, and and carried close to your heart because they don't. It's not everybody that they allow to to be seen. You know what I mean? So, so I definitely, I, yeah, definitely. And as they say, if you're out in the bush, you you feel like a sixth sense. Someone's watching you. You know, just take a look around. It may be bear, a moose, anything, but yeah, just take a look around, and chances are you have been watched. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, Eugene, um, I want to say thank you again for coming on. I really do appreciate it once again. Okay, no worries, Sheldon. I'm glad to share my stories with you. Oh, the pleasure really was all mine. I sincerely mean it.